welcome everyone. This is now another exciting episode of the Army of Smarts podcast. I'm your co-host Ryan, and with me as always, the meat and tatered up individual, the the man who is drinking PBRs left and right, the man who has got so many curds in his belly he don't know what to do, Mr. JD. JD, how you be? Oh, you know, we're doing real good there then. Been up here in Wisconsin there for the last week almost, and uh, you know, I'm taking to the local flavor real good, you know. All right. Well, uh, uh semi Canadian, uh, but as is Wisconsin, as is, <clears throat> is also Wisconsin. You know, whenever I, whenever I was up there, I was actually knocking doors for a state senate candidate and actually ran into somebody that uh used to live in Valdosta. Uh, really, yeah, military. You don't get, I was about to say you don't get too many people uh, moving to uh, the dairy state, especially from the south. Yeah, he was uh, talking about a they they had a really bad crash back there thirty forty years ago, and he was uh, he was talking about it. He was uh, apparently uh, was next in line to go or something, and uh, well, he he got relieved of his uh, duties that night, so. Uh, but anyways, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook at Army of Smartness, that's and email that turn. Gmail, Army of Smartness at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for following us this far. We're getting close to our one-year anniversary, JD. Can you believe Aww. that? Well, I didn't get you anything, so. Well, that's okay. You'll get you'll get me something later. All right. Anyways, uh, but of course, we're, we're uh, talking about Money in the Bank 2013 which happened uh, around this time 10 years ago, and it does not seem like it. Yeah, and, this, is cra- this is a crazy little pop back in time. Uh, it just seems like last year, but it ain't. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't. But before we get into the money in the bank of 2013, let's talk about the money in the bank of 2023. Uh, this was the highest grossing money in the bank of all time. We had a couple of teasers, a uh, couple of uh, couple of uh, people just uh, popping in, popping out. Um, what do you think of Money in the Bank? Well, um, I was happy to see I was right for once in my life. Uh, and Romance Novel Undertaker descends the stair with a. Uh, Money in the Bank briefcase, um, and Rollins retains. Uh, I don't remember the rest of the results, um, but yeah. So I would say good. Well, as a recap, you of course picked uh, romance novel Undertaker to win the Men's Money in the Bank. Of course, you came out on top with that one. Uh, you also picked Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez to beat Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Of course, uh, you won that one as well. We both picked Gunter to yeah. knock over. Uh, that was a gimme. To beat Matt Riddle. Didn't uh, expect Drew McIntyre to show up. I guess I should have if I'd have thought about it. But uh, we both picked Dominic for a win over Cody Rhodes. Uh, that did not happen. Cody got the W on that one. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, eventually Dominic's going to have to start winning these things. But Not really. I mean, I, you know, you know, I said it in our, in our preview and i'll say it again he's a chicken shit heel and a chicken shit heel doesn't have to win i mean is he ever going to be world heavyweight chicken? no and i think they know that and he shouldn't be but he should be the smarmy you know greasy little chicken shit heel that you know screws it up for somebody else 
Yeah, it's one of those like like Tennessee. Like they're never going to win, but they can mess you up. You know what I mean? And what you're trying to do. Mark my words, Dominic Mysterio will be world heavyweight champion before it's all over with. Possible. The Miz but, uh, was, so I guess that anything's possible. And of course, I picked Dio Sky to win the women's uh, Money in the Bank. Of course, she came out on top on that. You went with the man, Becky Lynch. I did. Um, Seth freaking Rollins beats Finn Balor by pinfall. I went with Finn Balor, just, I think, just to be a contrarian in that one. Uh, well, you had to give me a chance. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the Usos defeated the bloodline. Uh, I get a bonus point on that one because okay. I said that Jay Uso was going to pin Roman Reigns, and he did. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty clean. But overall, you came out on top, so you get beer. Um, well, I already have beer. Uh, we we get, swung by. Get, uh, well, I mean, you know, if you don't want beer, I won't get you any beer. Well, I mean, I present me the opportunity to, to give you some beer. Actually, if we're doing a running total here, I probably still owe you beer in the grand scheme, but it's fine. We'll just keep it keep it rolling. Um, but yeah, now I picked up some new Glarus today at the brewery. Uh, we went up to uh, Green Bay on Sunday and got some Badger State Brewing beer. Uh, we got some Wicked Weed as, as we passed through Asheville. Uh, we got into uh, Louisville too late to pick up any bourbon, so we're going to uh, rectify that on the return trip. Um, so we'll be getting some Louisville bourbon, uh, as we go back, it should be Friday. You got any more room in that Dodge? We brought the, uh, roof rack. (laughs) So we we got our stuff going here. Just be careful when you press that brake, buddy. Right. Yeah. The dog will be fine. She'll be, she, she loves it up there. She loves the wind. Um, and you know, I've seen movies where they can, you know, just, you could just tie them to the uh, exhaust pipe. She'll probably keep pace with his first few miles. <clears throat> Poor little fella. <laughs> probably kept up with you for a mile or so. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know why that's so funny. It shouldn't be, uh, but it is. It no, it's is. a comedy. It is funny. All right. Well, uh, this, uh, of course, this was the highest grossing money in the bank of all time. Now, how is that when there aren't the pay-per-view buys that it used to be associated with it. How, how does that? I believe that they're that referring to the gate. Oh, uh, okay. And, and I don't know. Maybe they make more money off of the sponsorship, and I I don't know. But uh, they also tease that perhaps WrestleMania is going to be coming to London. So the hot rumor is WrestleMania 41 will be coming to London. You booking All your right. ticket? Well, you know, now that that uh, that old lady with the the flower pot on her head has gone, I guess the uh, that was the last thing standing in the way of WrestleMania uh, coming to London. I, I think will uh, will King Charles be in attendance in the royal box alongside Jerry Lawler? Well, I think we all know that who's going to show up. It's going to be Harry and Meghan Markle. Well, then, so no no royals then, because no. they'll never be royals. No, uh, apparently he does have some sort of ceremonial title, but I don't, I don't know. Well, they're all they're all ceremonial. I mean, but he's no longer considered one of the, you know, uh, the muckety mucks. I don't know how it works over there. We have freedom here, so I'm not really sure. I guess he just uh, refused to marry a cousin. So, well, you know, that Habsburg chin gets uh, 
it's pretty prominent there after a few generations. Yeah, and they're so they're some good looking boys, let me tell you. E-doggy. Anyways, on to uh other more important things. Ryback uh is apparently been doxing his stalker. Uh his wait, stalk- he's been stalked by a, a wiener dog? What what is happening? Do you know what doxing is? Yeah, it's the little wiener dogs that they have in Germany so they can okay, jump you in. Do, you do not know what doxing is. Well, is it like boxing, but with daughters? The doc? No. Is it, I don't know. Okay. Doxing well, is Well, you when, tell me what you think doxing. Doxing is when you um, look a person up, find all of their personal info, and then you put it out there online. The stalking, basically. It's reverse stalking. Somewhat, but you're not physically stalking anybody. Well, you could cyber stalk people. That's a thing. More or less. All right. So Foxy Anyways, Loxy. Apparently, apparently on the Ryback show and where he's doing his live call-ins and Twitters and everything like that, he's been getting death threats from a particular person. And um, Is that a stalker or is it just a threatener? I don't know. How, how close do you really think they're going to get to Ryback before he kills them? Well, I mean, if we're talking like a fatal attraction situation, they come in and boil his rabbit or something, you know. Well, he that's said stalking. He said he's going to kill. All right. He's going to kill his family. He's going to kill his dog. And so. Do you have a family? I don't know. I know he has a dog. Two dogs. Yeah, the dachshund. We talked about that. No, he has a he has a French bulldog and a little, you know, a little Boston Terrier. So basically the same basic deal as the French Bulldog. Pretty, pretty much. Just, okay. you know, about $3,000 cheaper. There you go. And well, you can have, a splurge on the one, I guess. And half of the... Uh, half well, Ryback... Of the, half of the health... Half of the health well, problems. I am no fan of Ryback, as has been well established. What's the point? I mean, there, there's... Don't be an idiot. What are you doing? Death threats, really? Come on. That sounds like you want attention, but I think you found, I mean, Ryback wants attention too. So I mean, I feel like maybe they could work together on some of this stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, anyways, that, that's been going on with him. So hope everything works out for him. And um, apparently he's turned it over to the FBI. The FBI couldn't find him, couldn't find the guy. And then he or didn't care to, or, you know, we're going off of what Ryback's saying. So I don't know how true or false it is. Take that with a shaker of salt, my friend. And the uh, proverbial well, lost shaker of salt. Well, anyways, it's uh that's going on. So on to Mr. Kevin Nash. Uh, Kevin Nash in his most recent podcast made a comment about LA Knight, stating that LA Knight is a ripoff of The Rock and Stone Cold. Um now Kevin Nash admitted I, I listened to click this podcast name of it. And Kev had taken a few gummies prior uh, and was having a bit of fun uh, on this. So I think that some of that is is taken a bit out of context. Um, you know, he's saying that L.A. Knight's a ripoff of Rock and Stone Cold. Listen, man, you know, Jesse Ventura ripped off Billy Graham. Uh, Hulk Hogan did. Rick Flair ripped off Buddy Rogers and Gorgeous George, but did so with their blessing. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, Kev. I mean, I don't know who Kevin Nash ripped off. It probably nobody. Just a big guy that raises, you know, puts a fist up in the air. But 
<laughs> Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Well, he was kind of ripping off uh, what uh, Sylvester Stallone's character from Over the Top, right? He was a trucker. Yeah, I mean, uh, you could you could say that you know there's there was probably somebody in Roadhouse that looked like this. Sure. Um, he was ripping uh, off Vinny Vegas. I'll tell you that much right now. And I'll be honest with you, I've sat there and watched LA Night. I, I never occurred to me that they were that he was ripping off Stone Cold or or The Rock. I mean. Well, okay, let, let, let's assume, arguendo, context or not, let's assume for the sake of argument, that Kevin Nash is 100% correct, and he is mixing, ripping off The Rock and Stone Cold. And, as you just pointed out, we just discussed, it's a rip-off business. I mean, Ecclesiastes 1.9, I refer you to that, so crack open your Bible that you keep right there. There you go, you got it there, all right. Uh, read with me, Ecclesiastes 1.9, the thing that hath been is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. The flower f- fades and the grass withers, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's not new, Kevin. Ripping people off is not, assuming everything he said is true, think of two better people to rip off, and neither one of whom have, has worked a full-time schedule and we're now on 20 years? I think it's okay. What's the statute of limitations on that? It's well, fine, Kevin. And not only that, but if you'll turn to the book of Austin, chapter third, chapter three, verse sixteen. It's so not doing that. So you have night three sixteen, then that would be a ripoff. It says, I just whipped your ass. It does. That's a ripoff right there. John said Now that honestly, much. if I was LA Knight, I probably would come out with night three sixteen this week just to troll him. Yeah. That that'd be fine. Hell, what if that gives him some, you know, make me some money off of this? Sure, why not? Can't hate it, man. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, again, you've seen more LA Knight than I have, but I remember as being Eli Drake and Impact and all that. I don't see, maybe if it, maybe he is, maybe to the more discerning, more trained eye of Kevin Nash on gummies, he is, but again, I say, so what? What's the statute of limitations on these things? Well, in that same show, he was talking about how many times LA Knight has reached out to Kev to, you know, bounce ideas off of him. I mean, he was just going through his text messages. Apparently, Kevin never deletes them. And it's like, hey, I got this idea of a for a, a, a character. It's called the Scorpion King. And it's like, well, no, that's The Rock. It, you know, I mean, it's just. So Kevin's being silly. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I think Kevin. I thought you were being. I thought you were being, being legitimate at first, and Kevin's attitude was basically "f you for respecting my opinion." No, no, no. Kevin, um, Kevin actually did say that. He actually did say that. Well, no, I mean, like that. That's not. But he's obviously kidding. I mean, obviously, LA Knight did not say I have a character idea called the Scorpion King. I mean, I, that. I took no. It come, to... that, he is no. Come on, he's trying to humorously illustrate his point of saying he's ripping off that i don't believe that actually occurred now i could be wrong but i don't think so sounded rather believable to me but um that la knight was going to try and have a character called scorpion king that sounded believable to you and then texted kevin nash of all people to run it past him well yeah because apparently how many gummies did you had well apparently they had had some run-ins whenever he was whenever kev was down in tna 
I'm not saying don't bounce ideas up. That's a good idea. You should do that. But I don't think this particular one is one that actually exists. I can only go off of what the man said. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Uh, suffice to say, yeah, I think it's a good idea to bounce stuff off Kevin Nash. And let's be honest, I think it's a good idea to rip off Stone Cold and The Rock. I mean, it's been 20 damn years. They're not going to do it anymore. So go ahead. As long as you're not ripping off the what chant. Because God knows we don't need that back. Yeah. Or Ryback. Yeah. Does he do that? Is that the thing that he does? No, actually, they've gone out of their way not to do that. But Good. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, people, you know, the crowd's going to turn on it eventually. It's going to happen. Well, the crowd is always the worst. Yeah. So on to our topic of the evening. It's going to be Money in the Bank 2013 that happened at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, PA. 15,000 folks were there and over almost 200,000 pay-per-view buys. Oh, what a show, what a show, what a show. All right. So the uh, first match that is actually on the Peacock uh, that we all watch would be the men's, uh, well, I guess I'm so used to saying men's money in the bank, but this is 2013. It's nothing but men uh, when it comes to money in bank matches. We got the uh, Damian Sandow getting the win right here over Jack Swagger, Antonio Cesaro, Wade Barrett, Cody Rhodes, Dean Ambrose, and Fondango. Um, Damian Sandow. Mm. You talk about a guy that was just, I don't know what happened. You, I have no idea what happened. I loved Damian Sandow, uh, specifically in this iteration. Not a, I was not a big fan of Mizdow as everybody else seemed to be, but it got over, so that's fine. But, uh, but yeah, no, Damian Sandow is one of those guys where, you know, it, when asked the question, who's somebody that, that surprised you that never made it? There's actually a couple of them in this match. Um, you know, Sandow and Wade Barrett, I would say, never achieved their full potential um, in, in the WWE. And for Barrett, I think he got hurt, right? He had injuries. But for Sandow, I don't know why, because he's still going, isn't he? Yeah. Why did not that? Why did they not brought Aaron the Idol Stevens back? Is my question. I don't know. I don't. I mean, he's not in AEW. To my knowledge, he's not. I don't know what the guy's doing now. He was on Impact for a while. He was on Impact? Yeah. I just, he was. Uh, I don't know where he is now. Retired American professional wrestler, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, uh, talk about, he had charisma out the yin yang. Oh, absolutely. He could work. Really, really good between the ropes, too. Yeah. And could, and could talk. Um, What else do you want? <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't last long. And and he is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the first guy to win the Money in the Bank championship and or match and then lose his cash in. Remember, he had like the attache, like the leather attache case, mm-hmm. um, Money in the Bank briefcase, and he he cashed it in and lost. Yeah. Um. Anyway. One of the few people to do that. The second. Okay, Cena did Cena did it first, and then uh, Sandow did it second. Yeah. But uh, anyways, I particularly liked uh, Swagger and uh, Cesaro's entrance with uh, old Dutch Mantel, a.k.a. Zeb. 
Zeb Coulter giving their intro. Um, apparently he was not a big fan of everybody eating tacos and burritos and the illegals coming into the country. And uh, Zeb, of course, playing up the, I suppose, tea party. Um, yeah, jingoistic sort of thing. I don't know. It was and, just sort of a generic um, OAN watcher gimmick. Um, and uh, given that, you know, wants the real Americans, uh, Cesaro and Swagger to win, because we know uh, Cesaro, of course, is from uh, Memphis, Tennessee, right? Um, yeah. Anyways, so. Uh, but you know, despite all the uh, the rant that he went on, he they still managed to give a "We the People" chant. Got that out of the old Philly crowd somehow. Yeah, well, people love chanting. Yeah, but uh, anyways, I I really enjoyed this uh, this Money in the Bank. There, uh, there's really not too many Money in the Banks out there that you that you're not going to enjoy. Uh, but there was tons of. Uh, jumping around and body slamming and what have you over there. Fandango used a sunset flip powerbomb on Barrett off the top of the ladder, which was impressive to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Ambrose used a headlight DDT on Fandango and Ambrose did a spotlight Terry Funk with the ladder on his head spinning and knocking everyone down. Um, and then, uh, Swagger and Cesaro picked up the ladder with Ambrose in it, and Ambrose for some reason did. This is impressive. Scan the cat spot to to get on top of the ladder that uh, Cesaro and Swagger were holding up. It took him a couple of times, and still, uh, it's impressive. It, interesting to see. And they tipped over the ladder, and he went over the top. But a few guys caught him. Um, Coulter told Cesaro to get on Sh- Swagger's shoulders and get the briefcase. That was uh, a nice try. <laughs> and uh Rhodes used a uh, springboard drop kick to Swagger and he drops Cesaro. And Rhodes used the crossroads on Fondango and Barrett, and Rhodes uh brought in the big ladder. And then he and uh, Ambrose were climbing, both were punching. Ambrose delivered a headbutt to Rhodes, a couple of them actually. And uh, Rhodes smashed Ambrose into the ladder. Rhodes was about to win when Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns interfered and pulled Rhodes down for some reason. And this got a good deal of heat. Um, Reigns then speared Fondango and the Usos came in for the save and everyone was brawling outside the ring. You know, the so the pre-show match on this is the Shield versus the Usos. And the main event, and the main event of the one we just saw this weekend featured three of those guys. Right, and uh, the other one was defending a title. So, anyways, yeah, Rhodes climbed to the top, was about to pull the briefcase down when Sandow showed up and threw Rhodes off the top and took the briefcase down himself. Meltzer gives it three and three quarter stars. I think that's a good score. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that myself. What do you think? Well, I'll give it a thumbs up, and I want to give a little context here. Uh, the important bit about uh, Sandow knocking Rhodes off and uh, claiming the briefcase for himself. But at this point, they're tag team partners as part of Rhodes Scholars. Um, but yeah, it's funny to see, you know, they're just littered with guys that uh, WWE dropped the ball with in this match. Um, it looks like they picked the ball back up with, with Cody, which is good. 
But it, uh, it occurred to me as I was watching a while, Jack Swagger, Antonio Cesaro, Cody Rhodes, Dean Ambrose, all in AEW uh, either now or have been. Um, you know, like I said, I already said, extolled the virtues of Sandow and to a lesser extent Wade Barrett. But I'll say it again, Wade Barrett at least is back in the house uh, as, a, as an announcer. But I really thought he should have been World Heavyweight Champion coming off the Nexus run. Um, and that just never happened. Mizdow, or excuse me, Sandow, become Mizdow which wasn't my cup of tea, but it got really over. So that's great. But yeah, he was just underutilized as was Cody. I mean, if you had told me at this point, 10 years ago, that 10 years from now, Cody Rhodes would still never have been WWE champion. I would have laughed in your face until I saw the Stardust gimmick. Then I'd be like, yeah, no, you're right. They've, they've given up on him. Um, but yeah, so good match. Uh, excellent talent, obviously. Uh, and, you know, it's just, a shame that so many of these guys never really got the run they deserved. I, you know, I'll say it again here. We've talked about it before. Claudio Castagnoli or Antonio Cesaro back when he still had a first name. That's how long ago this was. Um, he's got world champion written all over him. And I understand he has the pretend world championship or had, is he still ring of honor champion for whatever that means now? Um, does he still have that Who? dinner platter? Uh, Claudio, does he still have the uh, Ring of Honor serving tray championship? Honestly, I don't know. I haven't seen that, nobody knows. Nobody while. gives a shit because there's not on TV anywhere. So, you know, he deserves to be a, a proper world's champion. He's never really gotten that opportunity. Um, and I'm afraid the window may be closing on him if it's not already shut. This was 10 years ago, and he should have had it then. Um, so, you know, I have less to say about the match than I do the talent that was in it, although it was an entertaining match. And I know I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth when I disdain GCW and their its ilk, but praise Foley like last week and, and praise this match. In limited doses, this is good. You just can't do it all the time. So, you know, I, I like it, especially the concept of the, this is the match the guys that have never had the belt. And the other world, uh, Money in the Bank, we're going to see guys who have had the belt. Like, I like that, that split there where you're giving guys a fresh opportunity and a shot at redemption, basically. Uh, we'll get into that match a little bit more later. But, yeah, so coming out of that, we have Brad Maddox, uh, famously of a tag team with, with uh, Xavier Woods, coming out uh, and just ragging on Vicky Guerrero for some reason. I don't – like, this was just stilted and weird. And this was back when I liked Maddox. Like, I thought he had some potential – as a manager or an authority figure, but it's just well, Paige just like didn't go anywhere. as well. Hey, a lot apparently. Um, yeah, when I think? when you say Brad Maddox, I I don't think about anything. <laughs> oh no, Paige was devoted to Brad Maddox. She'd do anyone for him. Yeah, um, do anyone with him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was. <clears> uh, don't you bear? Don't you dare be sour. Yeah. Well, that's what I said. He was in a tag team with with uh, Xavier Woods. I don't know if you missed that part. Yeah. But anyway, um, and, and that's it's a shame that that's what all three of their legacies are going to be now. It really is, but it is. So yeah, it just even the Philly crowd is not into this. And if if you know anybody that likes meat and humor, it's Philadelphia. Uh, he just rags on Vicky for a while for just no reason, and it's just dumb. Um. So. Maddox is apparently taking over her role as general manager of SmackDown or 
whatever. Nobody cares. It went on too long is the point. Um, speaking of guys who never really got their just desserts, maybe in, in the WWE, Curtis Axel pins the Miz to retain the Intercontinental Championship in just a shade under nine and a half minutes. Heyman, of course, is seconding Kurt Axel, maybe the least successful of his protégés. Um, Heyman gets thrown out of the ring, uh, get banned from ringside, I should, well, I should say. Um, so, yeah, after basically the classic manager spot of turning the back and, and something happens and now Miz is selling like he got hurt. Um, of course, in Philadelphia, they love them some Paul Heyman. And so this starts a we want Heyman, Heyman, Heyman chant. Um, the crowd was dead for the match and some were still booing Miz. And really, kicking out Paul Heyman is not going to make them boo Miz any less. So, yeah, it's just dumb. Uh, Miz goes to the figure four in the middle of the ring. Axel reverses, but Miz reverses back. Axel makes the ropes. He snaps he being Axel snaps Miz's neck on the ropes, and then an ace crusher for into a DDT for the pin. The crowd wasn't into it, but to be fair, you know, after the excitement of the Money in the Bank match and the stupidity of the Brad Maddox set, segment, this was kind of in a death spot, frankly. Um, yeah, it wasn't. Um, Anything to write home about? Maybe this is part of the reason it really never panned out for Curtis Axel. What do you yeah, think? Curtis Axel's another one of those guys where I'm just like, ah, how'd you miss this? How how did this not work? Mm-hmm. He had the bloodline, what third generation? Third generation, yeah. Had the look. Had a he, he looked like a million bucks in this one. Um, yeah. Well, part of that is the Miz. Miz is a good dance partner. Shame to say, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's and you had Heyman. I mean, they, they, to be fair, I think they gave him every opportunity. And Maybe. for some reason, that just wasn't working. Just didn't click. Um, Maybe he's a Brad Armstrong, you know? He just um, he has everything you need between the ropes. But beyond that, that's all. I mean, it's just all there is to it. Well, I mean, uh, to be fair, he had, a, he had a nice run as the B team with uh, Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and the, of course they cut well they now. cut that one short for some reason. That was stupid. But uh, just well, he never got eliminated there. from the 2014, 2015 Royal Rumble because he never got entered. He got sideswiped, and uh, the Royal Rumble is just a mess. They need to get back to figuring out what the rules are to that thing. That's a different conversation. Thumbs down. This match is the point. Yeah, Meltzer gives it two and a quarter. That's okay. I'm not offended by it, but it's not something I want to watch again. Uh, speaking of something I will never, ever want to watch again, uh, AJ Caitlin. Lee AJ Lee and Caitlin take, uh, taking on each other for the Divas title here. Um, this uh, gets my vote for worst match of the night. Mm-hmm. And AJ Lee beats Caitlin in seven minutes to retain the Divas title. AJ worked on Caitlin's left arm and Caitlin at one point shoved AJ off the top rope. But Big E caught her. Um, I noticed when Big E caught her, it kind of looked like her uh, rib cage landed on his shoulder. That could not have been um, pleasant, but uh, at least not for AJ. And, but anyways, Caitlin speared AJ, but then started selling her elbow. She went after AJ again, but AJ won with the octopus submission. Meltzer gets a star and a half. I'm giving it zero. I thought it was awful. Um, 
yeah, thumbs down on it. Caitlin, one of the more forgettable uh, divas of all time, because I had forgotten about her till till we watched this. Like, so oh yeah, for, oh yeah, look at you know, dime store Beth Phoenix. Um, yeah, it's just it's not good. I, it was weird to see the Divas title. That's not something I had thought about in, a, in quite some time. This is a real interesting transitional phase for for the WWE, just to see where they were ten years ago. Apparently, uh, AJ Lee, as we all know, is of course Mrs. CM Punk now, uh, thanks to his Sports Illustrated article. We can recall that. Uh, now she's going to be on the next season of Heels. Did I see? Um, is AJ Lee going to be a recurring character there? I have no idea. I saw a preview for Heels earlier today, and I think that was, if I'm not mistaken, that looked like A.J. Lee. Um, so she'd be a good one for, for such an episode, uh, or such a role, I should say. Uh, but yeah, this match is crap. Moving on. Ryback. Friend of the show, Ryback. Pin Chris Jericho in 11-19. Um, so we have now Jericho as the I, they showed the the video package for this. I honestly couldn't tell who was supposed to be the heel and who was supposed to be the babyface for this. Also, I may have been halfway paying attention. Um, the Philly fans, of course, chanting Goldberg at Ryback uh, due to the nature of his push. Um, Jer- Ryback knocks Jericho off the apron, and um, Jericho falls between the two tables. And Lawler on commentary sounded a little bit alarmed and said uh, that Jericho should be is lucky that he wasn't hurt just for how close he came to hitting the tables and what would have been an unscheduled spot. Um, Ryback throws Jericho across the ring with his head. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Crowd wasn't that into it early. Jericho uh, did almost tap, but it wasn't called, uh, nor did anyone act like it was one. So let's say it was no tap. Uh, Jericho then goes for the walls of Jericho, but Ryback blocks it. Um, Jericho comes off the off the top rope, but Ryback catches him and delivers the overhead belly to belly, which is always a good counter there. Uh, Ryback did his meat hook clotheslines and got Jericho up for the shell shock. Uh, Jericho escaped and kicks Ryback's leg, going for the code breaker. Excuse me, Ryback blocked it and slammed him down, which that yawn should indicate to you how exciting this match was. Um, <clears throat> Jericho does hit a cold program eventually, and Ryback falls all the way out to the floor. They tease the count out, but Ryback gets back in. Jericho cross bodies for a near fall from the top rope. Um, the finishing sequence was Jericho go for a moonsault. Ryback moves, which, why wouldn't you? Uh, and Jericho lands on his feet. Ryback then schoolboys him, which is interesting. Like, you don't see, like, no finisher to, to finish which i like occasionally so yeah i'll give that a thumbs up for that part of it um but yeah ryback needed the win here uh jericho was actually on one of his heading out for one of his uh fairly regular sabbaticals i guess uh Fozzie had a tour uh back when apparently they were still touring because i guess he's been in AEW for a while with no tours so um yeah so it, it was you know it was, it was fine but it was not anything to write home about i'm gonna actually give it a thumbs down it was just wasn't anything you know i i kind of liked it i you know melcher goes at two and a half i'll get i'll give it two and three quarter i thought i thought it was all right um not offended by it of course you know prior to that we just had the worst match on the card uh so this was a vast improvement over that true uh you know it's like your name's not ryback it's cryback 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, he was getting some Goldberg chants and this boring chants. And uh, <laughs> Philly uh, is not a Ryback town. It's, I know. No, it's, not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. Is it an anything town? Is is Philly an anything town? It's a heel yeah. town. I guess, it's, but I mean, you're not, they're going to cheer you just because you're the heel, right? I mean, generally speaking, though, they are very contrarian. A lot of assholes in, in Philly. Um, well, it's always sunny there. Yeah, that's what they say. But anyways, they aired a video uh, after the match of the WWE Performance Center grand opening. Hard to believe it's been 10 years. Yeah, uh, that is crazy. It's been opened. God, man, we're getting old. Um, well, you are. Yeah, just me, not anybody else. Well, I've been old. That's not getting the getting is is done. The getting the, the getting is done. Got for me, kid. Well, up next is Alberto Del Rio. Uh, can't sorry, I can't do that. Uh, wonderful entrance that he has. You should. It's amazing. I, I can't. I'm, I'm I, so I'm so disappointed. He turned out to be a garbage human being because I love this guy. I I, I, I can't roll. Guy. I can't roll my R's. Um. But anyways, Alberto Del Rio beats Dolph Ziggler via disqualification to retain the world title in 1429. Uh, you know, you put these two guys in the ring, you know the match is pretty much going to be good. Um, and Layfield actually made something here, Layfield referring to JBL here, uh, claimed that Ziggler had the most wins in Kent State wrestling history. That is not something that I knew about. Um, I mean, is, was that like a real horse race i mean how good is kent state wrestling and not only that but apparently there's a wrestler named jordan burroughs that was a gold medalist there that actually had more but uh anyways so apparently Meltzer uh, fact checked him on that one well i mean um, he ziggler has the most that layfield knows about <laughs> yeah uh, Z- Ziggler is a funny spot here uh ziggler did his ron fuller elbow drop after the elbow drop spot causing Jerry Lawler to say, I think that killed me one time. <laughs> and Jerry Lawler is one of those people that can say that. He's yeah. died a he's died a few times. And uh Lawler believes that taking that spot from Ziegler was what led to his nearly fatal heart attack. Uh so that story of him suffering that heart attack with all the medical personnel in the arena just a few miles away from one of the best heart hospitals in a major city is amazing. So Ziegler delivered a running clothesline, sending Del Rio over the top. Del Rio came back with a flying enziguri. Uh Del Rio threw Ziegler into the barricade. Ziegler missed a stinger splash into the corner. Uh, Del Rio puts in another hard kick, put the boots to him to keep to keep up the heat. Uh, Del Rio missed a charge and flew out of the ring. Uh, then he snapped Ziegler's neck on the top rope. Ziggler used an X-Factor off the top rope, which was impressive to see, into the ring for a near fall, and the uh, two traded punches thereafter. And then Del Rio missed another charge into the corner and rammed his shoulder into the post. Ziggler took over and went for the Famouser. Uh, that I think the first time I ever saw the fame, called it the Famouser, was Billy Gunn, and it was called the Fame Asser then. Uh, prior to that, I knew it as the rocker dropper, but, uh, maybe there was another person that used it called the famous sir. I don't know, but, uh, Del Rio moved and hit a German suplex and Ziggler was distracted 
by uh, AJ and told her to leave. She made this face like her feelings were hurt. And Del Rio went for another spinning backbreaker. And, but Ziggler reversed it into a DDT for a near fall. Anyways, uh, Del Rio then used a super kick for a near fall. Del Rio took down his knee pad to expose his knee brace. So he went full, uh, full Greg Valentine on this one. He went for a knee, but Ziggler blocked it. Out of nowhere, AJ nailed Del Rio with a belt shot for the DQ. Uh, Ziggler was obviously pretty pissed and walked out on AJ, leaving her in the ring. Uh, Meltzer gives it three and a half stars, saying that it was a pretty good work, but uh, the actual, um, but the, but the actual. Uh, finish of it was not that great and so i tend to agree uh it was uh about three and a half stars i'll go with that jd what'd you think well as i said uh, at the beginning of the, the match here it's a shame that dario turned out to be such a garbage human being because i loved him i loved his gimmick i loved his work but everything about this guy I loved uh ricardo rodriguez and we've said you know not enough about Dolph Ziggler because you can't, but uh, tremendous worker, too good a worker for his own good because he put everybody else over and make them look like a big buck. Uh, so this was a great match. I, I really liked it. I don't like the ending. The ending was dumb. I, I don't know. Like the whole AJ thing didn't make a lot of sense. You know, I don't know. I, it it makes, makes a certain degree of sense if there's a distraction, but there's not really – they attempted that, but then, you know, Ziggler would kick out. So, I don't know. I could have done without the AJ part, but I thought otherwise it's a very good match. Uh, and I wish we could see, you know, more like this. But, you know, so I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Um, but, you know, there's not, not a whole lot else to add to it. These guys are um, are top top professionals. They just they, – they deserve a better ending. I'll put it that way. Okay. And guys, if you're noticing a difference in JD's audio, it's because uh, they're having rough weather up in Wisconsin and he's having to use his cell phone. So we apologize for that. That is the dedication we have to you, the Army of Sparkness, uh, to get this thing done. Yeah, plus we're almost done. Um, Up next is John Cena versus Mark Henry. JD, take it away. Yeah, now this comes off the heels of Mark Henry's greatest promo by far ever, the uh, retirement promo in the salmon jacket. You know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. uh, long-time watchers. And it was great. I loved every bit. Of, like, this is one of those times that wrestling got me. They got I legit thought he was going to hang it up. Because 10 years ago, it sounded plausible that he would retire. Um and he kept going for a good long while after this, which was nice to see. But I wanted him to win, him being Mark Henry, to win this belt so freaking bad in this match. God, it felt perfect. Like that promo leading up to it and the build going into this, it just seemed like the stars were aligning for Mark Henry, and I wanted him to win this so bad. But then again, LOL, Cena wins. Um, So Cena, yeah, beats Mark Henry. In almost 15 minutes to retain the title, um, Meltzer would have pined that, like last year when CM Punk was champion and Cena ended up doing all the main events, this year since Cena won the title, he hasn't main evented two of the next pay-per-views. Um, and he gives some sort of speculation as to what they'll do for SummerSlam this year because Lesnar versus Punk is probably the real main event there, which is probably true. 
I don't remember what, what how that SummerSlam shook out, but uh, maybe that's something we'll look into uh, for a future episode. The crowd was hot with the dueling Cena chants. Let's go Cena. Cena sucks, if, uh, if you're not familiar with the dueling chants. Um, Henry was the crowd favorite by a significant margin, because I think a lot of people felt like I did, that he deserved it. Particularly after that promo, put out a new side of Mark Henry that we had never seen. Um, you know, I, I, it's unfortunate he kind of gets saddled with you know, the legacy of sexual chocolate, which will get those chants in here too. But that was a tremendous, heartfelt promo, and it was such a shocking sort. It, I mean, you can't do it any better than that. Like, that was a perfect setup to this angle leading into the match. Um, you know, it's just. Uh, anyway, you have one of the many times that WWE had some, or wrestling in general, because WCW was guilty of this as well, had something set up perfectly and failed to follow through with it. Look at you, WrestleMania of <laughs> this year. Um, Cody Rhodes. Cena was draped over the ro- ropes, and Henry ran across the ring and jumped on his back. Henry goes to the giant swing, which struggles with the moves, and drops Cena after slowing him three times. He should take some lessons from uh, Claudio on that one. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting that the uh, world's strongest man, Mark Henry, can't do it. I mean, if, if that's legitimate, he probably was doing it for the pur- you know, purposes of the match here. Uh, loud dueling Cena chant. They trade punches. Crowd cheering in. Yay, boo, yay, boo. Um, Cena went for some shoulder blocks. Henry stayed up after the first one, but Cena put him down with the second. Cena delivers a back suplex and then the five-knuckle shuffle. Tried the attitude adjust- adjustment, but Henry's weight too much for him, and, uh, and Henry actually gets a near fall uh, based on that. Um, Cena, Cena turned a power slam attempt into a DDT. Didn't look right. Marker uh, is just a bulky dude to try and work around, so it, a lot of times it's not going to look smooth, but you know, it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> Cena then delivers the attitude adjustment, but Henry kicks out. So Cena was starting to doubt. You know, he has a, he had great facials, whatever you want to say about John Cena. Um, you know, selling the doubt on his face with how could he possibly put this monster down. Um, Cena goes off the top rope for a crossbody, which means you know he's desperate. Uh, Mark Henry catches him midair and delivers the world's strongest slam, but Cena kicks out. Henry tears the tur- turnbuckle pad off. Um, then grabs two chairs and the referee. And then Scott Armstrong, the referee, wants not to use the chairs or he'll be disqualified. Uh, Henry pulled another tur- turnbuckle pad off. He must think that George Steele's coming later in the snack. Um, Henry whips Cena in the exposed metal or goes to. But Cena, of course, reverses Henry in the classic babyface move. And he's the one that goes into the turnbuckle. Uh, Cena puts Henry in the SDF. And uh, Henry makes the ropes. But then... Uh, Henry shoves Cena into Armstrong. Armstrong's down. Henry delivers a low blow, but Cena kicks out. Henry tries the World Star Slam, but Cena gets out of it again. And again, goes to the FTF. Henry makes the ropes and just, well, just about makes it the ropes. Then Cena let go, pulls him to the center ring, and puts the FTF back on, causing Mark to tap out. A very good match, but again, like I said, with the, uh, with the other one, just the wrong finish. Like, Mark Henry should have won this belt here. God, that would have been great. But he didn't in the end. Uh, so I'm, I'm still going to thumbs up, though. How about yourself? I thought this has a uh, has a claim to be in the best match of the night. Uh, mm-hmm. This was far better than it had any business being. Absolutely. Uh, so I don't know, you know, congrats to both of those guys, but I think you really got to tip your hat to John Cena in this one. Sure. Um, with all due respect to Mark Henry, 
like you said, he's just a big guy to work around and it's, it's tough to get him, you know, a 15 minute match that is that you stay interested in. Uh, so I, I'm going to say on this one, Melser gives it three and a quarter. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it three and three quarter. I thought it was real. This might be Mark Henry's best match. Um, of course, the one where he, he wins the title uh, against Orton, uh, I think is uh, probably uh, certainly his defining moment of his career winning the World Heavyweight Championship. But uh, that, uh, yeah, I'm like you, man. I, I just felt like the build was really good going into this. Uh, Mark Henry's had really committed himself to being a better promo, and I think it was really paying off for him. Would have loved to have seen him get that one title that eluded him. Um, but, you know, hey, LOL, Cena wins. Uh, Correct. And, hey, uh, before we move on, I've got the internet back. You want me to switch back over to the uh... – Nah, we just got one more. Plus, plus, I mean, if, if we do that, then I'll have to get another track to add to this. So. Right, that's uh, not good. So uh, up next is the main event of the evening, and that is going to be the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match for a WWE title shot. Randy Orton, of course, takes it home, much to the uh, delight of friend of the show, Carl. Uh, Randy wins a six-way Money in the Bank match uh, over Daniel Bryan, Rob Van Dam, Sheamus, Christian, and CM Punk in 2638. Um Kane was also supposed to be in this match, but was pulled from an injury angle and wasn't replaced. Uh, Van Dam, uh, obviously this is Philadelphia. Uh, Van Dam is going to be super over in this town, but I felt like uh, this this crowd kind of liked pretty much everybody in this in this match. I didn't see them being negative one way or another to eh, maybe Sheamus, but. Uh, Randy got a good reaction. Daniel Bryan got a great reaction. Rob Van Dam, of course, this is his town. And CM Punk, of course, did did great. Um, and the match started with everyone going after RVD, and the crowd booed after that. Then everyone attacked Sheamus. Then they got after Orton. Then Punk and Bryan threw out Christian. Uh, people popped big when those two squared off. Uh, Bryan did his usual hot tag spot with the backflip off the top and all the quick action. And then Brian slipped uh, doing the backflip and didn't land right, but didn't miss a beat with the rest of the sequence. Um, Van Dam was laying everyone out with kicks and did his big monkey flip spot on Christian. And Van Dam pressed uh, Christian overhead and dropped him on a ladder. Um, this is, you know, 30 minutes worth of action. So I'm, I'm not going to go through every last spot that they did. I'll go through some of my favorites. Uh, of course, they had a We Want Tables chant that invariably comes out in every match that has no rules. Um, and, of course, Christian and Van Dam climbed the ladder, and they were trading punches at the top. Both lost their balance and fell off. And eventually, Van Dam is on top of the... Uh, is, on, is on top of the ladder, and uh, Christian's down there on the on the canvas and you think he's going to go for a five-star frog splash. However, it is impossible to do that off the top of a ladder 
because you cannot jump off the top of a ladder. You have to fall. Right. Uh, if you attempt to jump, the ladder will kick out and pop up. And, hit you and so he gets to the top and does the Rob Van Dam uh, chant and just does a regular splash, but still, I'm sure it hurt like hell. So uh, cool spot there. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, Curtis Axel shows up, gives uh, Brian and uh, sets him up for a neck breaker and then spins him on his face. Uh, Punk then laid Axel out with a go to sleep. Paul Heyman comes out, starts screaming at Axel for beating up or going after Punk, even though Axel didn't go after Punk. Punk just picked him up and did a go to sleep. And then Axel was laid out. Um, and Heyman stayed at ringside and was cheering for Punk to get to the top of the ladder. Uh, Punk starts climbing the ladder, sells the ever-loving shit out of it, and <laughs> and that he is taking his time getting to the top of this ladder. And so, oh, see, that's one thing I don't like about ladder, ladder matches. Go ahead. Yeah, and uh, uh, he and Heyman's doing the old Jim Cornette, you know, slap the mat three times to get a chant going cm punk cm punk the crowd of course obliges on that uh cm punk gets to halfway up there and paul Heyman starts throwing the other ladder on cm punk for some reason and um hits him two or three different times with the ladder and cm punk's face is a crimson mask after this and um Anyway, so this uh, Van Dam ends up climbing, uh, and then Randy Orton comes up, pulls Rob Van Dam off the top rope, and nailed him with an RKO on the way down, which is pretty impressive uh, to see. And Orton climbed to the top of the ladder, even though I think he sold that a little bit too much. Generally speaking, when you're going to win, you don't waste any time. Uh, but uh, unhook the briefcase to win. And uh, Meltzer gives it four and a half stars. I think it was a damn good match. I didn't like it as much as he did. I'm going to say three and three quarter again. But still, damn good match. What do you think? Yeah, I'll be brief, though. The uh, audio is, is messed up on us. No, it's a thumbs up for me. But, yeah, four and a half seems heavy. Uh, that, that's a lot uh, for any match. But particularly something like this. I mean, it's a lot of good action. Heyman, you never know what, you know, the only, only thing about Heyman was, was the same thing. The only thing for sure about Heyman is nothing for sure. Uh, so, you know, you live by the Heyman, you die by the Heyman, I guess. But yeah, the, the contrivance of no one knowing how to climb up a ladder at human speed has always been kind of a downfall of the ladder match to me because, you know, they've got to kill time for somebody to get there or build the drama or whatever, but and some way you're like, come on, this is ridiculous. And it hits that point a few times here. But beyond that, you know, great, um, great talent, as we talked about the first money in the bank here. Um, this is a crazy moment in time looking back 10 years in the WWE. Like, this seems like forever ago, but also, like you said, just yesterday. So, yeah, I like the match. Um, but, you know, I don't know. If, I don't know if I like it four and a half stars worth. Actually, I may like the first one better. But uh, still a very good match and a great way to cap off the show. And uh, friend of the show, Carl, goes home happy. 
friend of the show, Carl, goes home elated. And uh, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view poll results, thumbs up 91.3%, thumbs down 1.6%, thumbs in the middle 7.1%. Best match poll was the WWE title Money in the Bank, uh, which would be the first one. Excuse me, that'd be the last one. And the world title is the second one, comes in second. Uh, Worst match poll, no surprise here. Uh, AJ Lee and Caitlin get the uh, nod on that one, uh, followed by Curtis Axel and The Miz and Ryback and Jericho. Somehow John Cena and Mark Henry made it on this list. You guys are high. Uh, Are you just hating on John Cena? Or, or you're just hating on Mark Henry or something like that. They just, they overperformed. I'll give them that. They overperformed. But damn it, when they overperform, that means they didn't do bad. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll give this a pay-per-view four out of five, man. I think there's, I mean, legitimately, there's one bad match, two that are okay, and then the rest of them pretty damn good. Yeah. Um so I'll I'll give this this one uh, was actually a pretty it was a quite a joy to watch. What do you think? Yeah, no, this was a nice stroll down memory lane. Excuse me, to your point, most of the matches were at least good. A lot of great talent here. This is um you know, they didn't necessarily do what we what you or I would have done with a lot of this talent, but uh, you know, they had a real I won't say embarrassment of riches, but yeah, probably because you look at look at it now. I mean, the main event of the last interview was on the dark match here, right? They had that much talent, and that, and that that much talent has developed in the last ten years. So yeah, no, it's uh, it was a good good match, good pay per view. Um, you know, I think this is one of the one of the last ones before the network launches. I think I may have bought this on pay per view, um, but I don't. Rec- Call right off, but yeah, it, certainly if you did, you got your money for it. So yeah, thumbs up all the way. Yeah, I think uh, I think the launch on the network was February twenty fourth, twenty fourteen. So yeah, it's a little, little about six to eight months before, but uh, yeah, the uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was damn good. Uh, that being said, I think we can sort of go for the cover, the count, and the victory on this one, JD. Very I think cool, uh, really cool off, for the case on this one. Well, all things uh, considered, I think we we certainly tried our best to make this happen because we have to be there for the people. That's the right. people. Anyways, JD, you got anything else you want to add? Uh, yeah, I got the chance to sit by a uh, Bucky Badger. Uh, on a bench day at a zoo and wearing my back-to-back national championship shirt, give them, uh, give them a little taste of what a real football program looks like. So go dog. Well, they'll, they'll never know what that is. So yeah. um, anyways, anyways, JD, if there's nothing else, I will bid our listening audience adieu. I do. <laughs>